I've just given James Bailey an idea. Shit. Hey, folks, what are we all drinking tonight? So I am drinking a Flying Canoe Hard Cider. So. Reg- regular listeners will um, no doubt have been very disappointed that I haven't had Malbec for the last two weeks, but I've um, returned back to true form with a bottle of iHeart Malbec made by iHeart Wines. Is it, it is also about- sold by Aldi? Uh, this is Morrison's, actually. Um, oh, wow. You've, uh, you've moved up market. <laughs> Morrison's is right next door. Um, and it's apparently rich and smooth. Much like you, James. Ah. And have we got Chris with us as well? Or Chris? We got Chris. We got Chris, interim um, assistant to the special guest. Um, it'll come as a shock to no one, I'm sure, that I'm drinking Buffalo Trace bourbon. Nice. I like the, the interim assistant to the special guest. That It makes it sound like, you know, when you have movie lyrics and you have featuring, and then like at the end you have, with a special guest appearance. Mm. Screenland. <laughs> Um, I am just going to open a brew dog that I found in the fridge, um, which is always a good way to start drinking beers. And it is a Tony's Hopper Lonely um, White Chocolate and Raspberry Milkshake IPA. Wow. Um, and I'm going to live open it and drink some because I think it's going to taste like piss. <laughs> I've, I've had like um, a strawberry brew dog, which was really weird. It isn't as. Oh. No, it's got an aftertaste. It's oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say it might be only disgusting as I thought, but it's still pretty shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Right then, on to the completely unimportant stuff that we normally talk about. James Bailey, what have we got coming up in the Herd Summer Racing League this week? I don't know if you listened to the podcast last week, um, Steve, but I, I, I did some very, very excited reading of my text um, just just for you. Um, so you probably didn't listen. Um, you did some preparation, blimey. That's that's what I'm taking from that as exciting, James. I, I write up a paragraph every single week um, and then try and read it in a way that doesn't sound like I'm actually reading something from a Word document. Um, and <laughs> don't actually manage to do that properly. But this weekend of the Herd Summer Racing League, it is definitely one for the sprinters especially those that can recover quickly. We have 10 laps of the Dutch Estate route in Yorkshire, which will see our racers take on the Yorkshire Sprint 10 times, looking for fastest segment points as well as additional points on the finish line. I'm, I'm going to immediately disagree with you, James, in that this is one for the sprinters. It's quite a lumpy course, isn't it? There's still... Uh, I know, it's not the course I think it is. There's only 37 metres of elevation per lap, so it's not really a lumpy course. So are we back to agreeing with me? Well, I'm going to disagree with you on a point of principle. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, so I think basically it is we, one of we, the flatter Yorkshire routes, isn't it? Yeah, but there's not that much elevation. The laps are short. Um, they're only three kilometres long. I think maybe even 3.1. Um, so elevation does add up over those 10 laps. Um, but why not... Um, Head back over to our um, glamorous assistant, Chris Greenland, to find out how this race actually was. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah, 10, <laughs> 10 laps around this is a nightmare. Um, yeah, it's for the sprinters, but there's those two hills um, every lap that you got to really push through to stick with the group. And that's where if you don't stick in, then your sprint is going to be absolute shit because you don't have any draft to go off of. Uh, and that's a long sprint to do by yourself. So 
you're basically sprinting the whole way around. You got three sprints every lap. And and the the climb just before the sprint um, peaks out around about ten percent as well. So it's hard work just before you're about to do really hard work. Yeah, it assures you that your legs are drained before the bit that matters comes up on you. So yeah, so, so it's basically all about you know you're going to have to push on that hill, but doing the minimal amount of pushing that you can possibly do whilst actually still staying in the group. Yeah, or staying in any group, seeing if somebody's uh, coming up behind that you can either... I, I stayed with the, the lead group until, I think, the eighth lap, started the eighth lap, and then I just had to let them go because I was just thinking about doing that, pushing up to them again, and then doing two more sprints, and then the sprint to the line, and I just couldn't do it in the, the hammer, the primes, thinking I was like, okay, let me just hang back, find a few people behind me, and get a couple good sprints left, uh, and then kind of fall back in the in the overall standings at the finish line. So you mentioned hammering the primes there, then, and a resident hammering of primes expert, Craig Martin. I I'm going to slightly disagree with you, as I like to do anyway. But uh, I think, as Chris is saying, this is a be in a group is is a real priority on this one, isn't it? Because I, I, I think just... you can hammer the primes as much as you like, but it's really just... important to be in a group here. Just to jump in really quickly on that point, Steve. Um, so you've said you're going to disagree with Craig, but Craig hasn't actually said anything yet. Uh, no, I just disagree with the idea of Craig Martin, um, okay. much like his wife does on a regular basis. So uh, now that I finally get to talk, the uh, <laughs> so yeah, th this one is hammer the primes. This one is being a group, but you don't need to be in a group with your category. So hammer the primes. Um, and stay with your group until you can't, and then basically wait for the next group behind you and sprint with them. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it's hit the sprints and go as fast as you can. I will say this course is relentless, is how I describe it, and kind of effort after effort, and there's just the little micro-recovery after the sprint as long as you didn't fall behind on the sprint, in which case you have to keep pushing, get back in the group. Um, this was my first B road race. Um, and, you know, I, I guess my first two races as a B were a Tempest Fugit TT and then the team time trial on the jungle route. So then this was my first normal race. And, uh, yeah, this is a tough course. It's, it's I think tough. what makes it particularly tough is the format, isn't it? Because um, I've done this in the bullseye. I really like this route in the bullseye because as somebody who's not the fastest sprinter, I can attack people on the climb and I'm first across the line, which is which is a lot easier. In this one, you've got to be with the group up the hill, which is going to make it hard. And then you've got to sprint hard because you've still got to get that fastest across the line time um, for those primes, haven't we? So... Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a double whammy on this one. Sorry, James, what were you about to say? Um, really, just for um, as a scratch race, it's not a bad course, but as a points race, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah and it, it, especially with the the fastest across the line. I think the first across the line, it, it's brutal in a different way, but in one I like a bit more. Um, so, what we thinking? Bike choice, obviously, Pink Tron, except if you're Dutch, in which case it's Orange Tron. But after that, what are our next bike choices? 
probably best arrow. It is best arrow. And so jumping into the, uh, a discussion I want to have later. Um, I think now the choice is Venge with the DT Swiss disc wheel set. Yep. Um, yeah, I went Venge for my, for my race earlier. Um, thinking that arrow is going to help me, uh, Fastest through was obviously where most of the points were going to get won. So every little millisecond counts there. So I wanted most arrow, and I could kind of push up those two little hills to stick with the group um, where I we, had to. We had, we had some feedback on the back of one of our podcasts a few weeks back. Um, what about the guys who were lower level? Um, because I think the DT Swiss wheels are level 45, the 858 Super 9s are also 45, and the other zip discs are a fig 38 um so so actually james it is so the the disc with uh so the the 808 and disc zip wheels are level 35 the 858 and disc zip wheels are 45 and the new dt swiss disc set is level 42 conveniently i am level 42 <laughs> so um, what do you take if you're a level 20 Zwifter? The Tron. Um, um, if you don't if, have the Tron? If you don't have the Tron, um, your best arrow. So whatever that is, whether yeah. that's the... Um, so that is going to be um, in best arrow uh, on the wheels, if you can get them, and it's going to be the Trek Madone at level 20. Yep. It is the Trek Madone at level 20. Um, basically, at level 10, it's the Air Road. And level 6, the Zwift Arrow. I believe. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Basically, get the Tron as fast as you possibly can if you haven't got it already. I oh, absolutely, and you, you can get it. I mean, so just do a bunch of workouts up the Alp or Ventop. Honestly, it's um, you can get it relatively fast if you do a a once a week workout up those climbs. Um, yeah. And having yeah. said that, that is spectacularly boring. Uh, did a load of workouts up the Alp. Uh, some would say that I had weird fever dreams about corners of the Alp, not in real life, but on Zwift. Um, much like if you play too much Minecraft and the world looks square. And you still don't have the millies. No, because I hate Zwift. So after like 15 to 20 climbs on um, Alp Swift, Steve still does not have the, what are now actually the second best um, climb. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> Yeah. You can you can actually um, buy the best ones now. I, I don't know if we said wheel set anyway. Zip eight oh eight if you're a level twenty. Zip eight oh eight and yep. track down. And if you're not level twenty yet, it's the DT Swiss Arc sixty twos. So uh, yeah, which are level six, um, level thirteen to so the Zip eight oh eight. Yeah, uh, and Canyon Air Road at level ten on the bikes. Um, so going back to what we have now, a Swift Racing League is the next thing. Or do we want to say anything more about the Herd Summer Racing League other than get on Discord because it's fun to chat? 
Um, I, I would say let's just move very quickly on to the point that Craig wanted to make. So I'm not going to make it for him because that'd be quite rude. Um, but Craig, I think you wanted to talk about some wheels. I did. Uh, so these, uh, so these new wheels, the uh, the DT Swiss Arc 1100 die cut disc. Um, they're great. They're almost too good. Um, in fact, they might not be almost too good. I think they are too good. Um, that is six and a half seconds over 50 minutes faster than the 858 Super 9, which was the previous best. It is something like 13 seconds faster than the, uh, the best non-disc. Yeah, 13 and a half. Um, it's so much better that it's a real game changer. I almost think, uh, you know, that the, uh, the high level rules that the, uh, they use for the premier division for ZRL have a, a point in that, you know, maybe take these out of road races and make them just for TTs because, or free rides, because it's kind of too much. So the, hang on, um, these are the die cut sixty twos, yeah. No, no, this is this is no, the new wheel. This is the new wheel set that showed up uh, yesterday. And they also cost oh, over the one and a half. But they also cost over one and a half million drops, which is quite pricey by wheel standards. Um, but yeah, no, and like Craig says, they're six and a half seconds quicker over fifty minutes. Um, perfect for your ITTs and also very good for your flat road races as well. However, on, on the note of flat, um, they're actually very good, well, fairly good um, climbing wheel set as well. When you well, say fairly good, one second um, faster than the 858 Super 9s, according to Swift Power. Yeah, so yeah. Better, than, better than the other disc wheel sets at climbing mm -hmm. and a lot better on the flat than the other disc. So there's yeah. no reason to use the zip disc wheel sets anymore. No. Um, and they're, they're only 27 seconds slower than the, uh, the fastest wheel set, which is the um, Roval Alpinist CLX um, on the Alpha Swift. Yeah. So they are good at going uphill as well as on the flat and downhill. And interestingly, uh, Zwift Insider predicting that this is the death of the Tron, uh, as they beat uh, the Tron by nine and a half seconds on flat race on the flat test. Um, well, obviously not the death of the Tron for us, because we know how much faster the Pink Tron is. We are onto a secret that Zwift Insider does not have. Yeah, so I, I think there there is definitely on more mixed courses and courses where there is a a KOM that is scored for our format in HSRL. I, I don't think this is the death of the Tron, but um, yeah, I, I think if they don't nerf this or, um, or give race organizers the ability to to uh, ban disc wheels in a road race, I, I think this might be the death of the Tron for racing, yeah.
oh, an appropriate I... moment's silence there. Uh, Shall we I'm... move on to the Swift Racing League? Because, frankly, that's enough time talking about wheels. Um, let, let's go to actual racing, Greg. So I guess um, I don't have anything more to talk about ZRL, um, really, because um, I, that, that's James is doing all of that now. And uh, I, I think we're still a few weeks from closing down signups and starting to uh, create teams. So uh, that's... Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think really just to very quickly recap on what we chatted about last week um, is that if you haven't signed up already, um, it's a pinned announcement post on the Herd Racing League Facebook group. Um, if you haven't signed up yet, please do. Um, and if you think you're slow or if you think you're mid-category and, and you're not good enough, that's all rubbish. Don't ignore that all. Um, if you enjoy racing, um, we will find you a team um, and that team will... Um, be around your sort of ability level um so you'd be racing with um similar people um and if you'd like to come and race in this um eight week series um please do um fill in the sign up form and i will get you onto a team yeah i'd, I'd wholeheartedly support that i mean zwift racing league was for two seasons a complete bunch of ass um because whilst it is in theory teams that are um grouped by ability there's still really strong people so if you're not great in your team like i was in both the teams i was in you're going to finish at the back it's not going to be that much different to your normal rides however the the saving grace is that kind of unique uh team spirit you get so i had a, a year in a mixed team or a, year, a season in a mixed team uh including james and craig um, and some other people that we know in the herd um, that was just really, really good fun. And we enjoyed Becca and Oyan challenging for wins as much as we did James and I sprinting for mid-60s um, and uh, Jonathan just finishing. So um, it's a real sort of sense of camaraderie. If you enjoy the TTTs that we do on a Thursday, you enjoy riding with people in that, you'll really enjoy doing the Swift Racing League as well. So I'd uh, recommend people sign up for the herd teams. And Steve, I think you had some time in the bidets as well because I remember you and I attacking in a group right about, I think, 60th place on the road. Was it from, oh, yeah. uh, was it from New York? Pointless racing for no reason. Uh, pointless I mean, racing, I, you know, yeah. big, big fan of those. <laughs> yeah. um, and the point, this is when the points only went to 30, and we were still, we were still attacking our faces off trying to get points uh, that weren't there. But it was still fun. We had a blast. Uh, knowing Steve, it's probably an attack from about a kilometer out. <laughs> If not further. Um, so it comes on to my favourite section uh, of every Pinktron when we do it, James. But in which order are the days of the week happening this That's a little bit confusing because one of them's moved, um, which <laughs> I will come back to in a second. So um, over the weekend, we have our um, HSRL, which we've been chatting about just now. Um, we move on to um, Sunday do I mean Sunday? Yes, I do mean Sunday and Monday. Um, with the Herd of Mountain Goats, um, our climbing series, and that'll be a um, just one lap of Road to Sky. Um, so that's going up the Alp to Zwift. On Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, um, we go back to the Stampede ITT series, um, which will be a single lap of RGV in France. Then on Wednesday and Thursday, we have uh, the Bullseye Points Race, where you get um, points for your position over the line each lap with uh, up to 50 points available and then double points on the final lap. That will be 
12 laps of the Bell Lap in Crit City. Um, we would normally have the Herd Sheeries on a Tuesday, um, but because of Swift Racing League happening on Tuesday, that would be relatively pointless because no one will turn up at all. Um, so the Herd Sheeries is going to move to Saturday and Sunday. Um, and that'll be from a week tomorrow. So there's, there's no race this week, um, but the first race of the Herd Sheeries, which will be a week on Saturday, will be a um, time trial around Tempest Fugit. Good news. So I think that covers, uh, we have one of our agenda points has moved the Sheeries to the weekend. Um, oh, I've also got written down here, additional mountain goat slot. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I put in an additional one that is one. <clears throat> no, is it midnight? It's either midnight UTC, which works out roughly as um nine ten o'clock in parts of Australia. So, our friends over in um Australia, New Zealand, and surrounding places um now have a um evening on Sunday race time. And what time is that morning, in, uh, in UTC, James? I think it's 1am. It's either 1am or midnight. So, uh, Craig, Chris, any races you're doing this week? Anything jump out as fun from the, the Herd roster coming up this week? I'm going to need oh, a couple guess... of recovery days after today. Yeah, so uh, last night I had a... Uh, I had one of my BMX races, had loads of fun, and then uh, tomorrow I'm taking the boys, I'm not participating, but uh, taking them to the uh, a provincial championship series race. So going to have fun uh, with the BMX. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it. I, I am kind of excited for next week's uh, TTT on uh, Road to Ruins. So that's mm. going to be interesting. We did that um, last week in the Stampede, actually, um, and, and it, it was definitely interesting. Um, I think one of the highlights was the Monday evening Europe race, where it's basically a shootout between Kev Fowler and Alex Cooper. Um, Alex did not do a bike change. Kev did do a bike change. Kev beat Alex by probably 80, 90 seconds um, around the jungle. So I, I, I think had neither of them changed, Kev would still have won probably by about five seconds or so. But that just shows you how crucial the bike change is. So we're talking about a TTT with a combined bike change. This is oh, yeah. like, shit just got interesting. I've gone from really tired from driving back from Devon to really excited about Swift. There's going to be a bike change in TTT. So let's talk about that. Uh, where are we going to do the bike change? What are we going to change to? What is happening in TTT this week? So I think um, you go past the jungle pen. You then go downhill. It starts to hit the mud, but then flattens out. I think when it flattens out, it's the best time to try and do it. Do not do what I did and try and do a bike change whilst going down a um, 2 to 3% gradient because... It takes about 40 seconds for your bike to stop. Mm. So, can't you hit the A key to, as a brake, James? Hey? Can't you hit the A key as a brake? It, it doesn't completely stop you. No, um, not anymore. I think they've it, taken that out. Yeah, no, because um, that, that's what I tried to do, thinking it was actually going to bring me to a complete stop. But no. 
it did oh. not. And then I just watched my kilometers an hour go down very, very, very slowly. And <laughs> um, the, the, the annoying thing is because I'm like leaning over, le- le- leaning over my bike, my le- my legs are shaking so badly from the effort I've already put in, um, and trying to hit the right keys in the right order, and and move the mouse to actually um, choose the right bike and not the wrong one like like I did the first time round. Um, but yeah, it's certainly interesting. Let's have a quick talk about that route. Um, I know it's way ahead. It's happening on Thursday, but we'll head out through Watopia, um, through the uh, the water tunnels. We'll turn left as if we're going towards Reverse Epic Com. Um, so go over that sort of little um, unclassified, unclassified, I can't say unclassified uh, hill. We'll get, we'll hit the, the as you say, the jungle pens. Uh, as if we were going up towards the Swift, and then we will turn left to go around the jungle, come back, and then finish around the back end of Watopia, around Volcano, and back towards the Marina Start Pen. So it's definitely do a bike change through the jungle, isn't it? There's a lot of tarmac on this one. You, you just It's not like the jungle TT that we did where everyone was on mountain bikes. There is really value in in this bike change. So I'm, I'm, so, excited. I'm so glad I've signed up to the time trial this week. <laughs> Yep, it's it's definitely a bike. I think it is the only bike change route in Zwift. Old words there from James Bailey. I don't. I've not done enough in Mercury to to know if that's the case of any of those routes. But I, uh, I, I I don't think you would save enough time from doing a bike swap in Mercury to make it viable. Um, I I, I think Road to Ruins is probably the only one where it's actually a viable option. Um, that that there, there might be another course or two that has the jungle in it that I can't remember. Um, but yeah, Road to Ruins is definitely a bike swap, and I am so anti bike swap. So for me to say that, you know, it's definitely a bike swap route. So Chris, you've already done HSRL this week. Craig, it sounds like you're not doing HSRL this week. Uh, James, how about you? I'm going to ride at nine nine a.m. So race three. Um, I, I am not, I am not going to do HSRL this weekend for reasons that we'll cover in a um, fairly shortly um, as we talk about something else. Um, but I'm hoping to do Stampede. Depending on how well Stampede that goes, I might sign up for the TTT, but um, that depends a lot on my foot. So I am going to do HSRL, Steve. I just don't know whether it's going to be race four or race six. Oh, cool. Well, hopefully see you in one of those books. Yeah. Um, and finally, what's annoyed us about Swift this week? Uh, James, it sounds like you've got a thing. Uh, let's go with you. So it's not actually a Swift thing. Um, I, 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 did, I did a different type of thing um, in the real world, um, which involved outdoors, rain, winds, and very, very thick mist. Um, 13 of us um, set off to go and ride from Southport, which is on the um, the west coast of the UK, um, to Hornsey, which is the east coast. Um, so first day was Southport to a place called Barnsley, which is a, a lovely place for anyone that knows it. Um, and that also involved going over the Pennines, which is a, a range of hills. Um, so the first day was 110 miles with uh, about... 4,000 feet of climbing um, and those, those 4,000 feet mainly all happened at the same time um, my 
I, I bought new shoes for, for the event and they are not good for my feet. Um, so I, I, I basically had fairly significant pain in the bridge of my right foot from probably within the first 10 minutes um, and then still had 12 hours to go. <laughs> um, I, I, my um, toenail on my, on, my, on my big toe is also completely black. So it, it, it could have gone better. Um, and when we were doing the climb, um, the, the trail was really, really heavy going, so we switched to the road. Um, this is also one of the busiest main roads going over the Pennines, um, so, and it was misty as hell, so basically we've got one to two metres of visibility and cars going past you at 60 miles an hour, um, some of them without any lights on, which given the fact there wasn't really much of a way of visibility, was quite crazy. Um, so that, that was basically scary as fuck. Um, but we made it. Um, we got over the top. We did some nice downhilly bits. Um, I only fell off my bike twice, which was good. Um, it could have been three times, which would have been less good. Um, but a... Super grunch, super bunch of um, lads. Um, three of them in particular, Simon Gardner, Chris Doyle, and Lee Hodgson, um, stuck with me throughout. Um, and, and this is one. Um, it was one of the things when I forget quite how bad my eyesight really is. Um, and they basically got an induction into how bad is James's eyesight. Um, and they learned very, very quickly that it is very, very bad. <laughs> Um, but they were absolute stars and, and stuck with me throughout. Um, e e even though that they could probably have finished a good hour earlier, um, they were extremely supportive um, and, and went at my pace, um, which is probably quite a bit slower than they could have gone on any other day. So big thanks to those guys. Big thanks to everyone else for coming along. Um, sadly, I wasn't able to do the second day, um, so I just did the first one, um, really just because I was struggling to walk. Um, but um, almost everyone else um, managed the whole, uh, I think it was in total, um, 207 miles. Um, and once they got to the end, they had to, had to um, turn around and cycle another 10 miles back to the, um, the hotel. So fantastic effort from everyone. Um, brilliant to have met everyone um, and thoroughly enjoyable, um, apart from the bits for her. James, I need to go back to one thing that you had previously neglected to share with me. Mm. What on earth were you thinking trying this ride with new shoes? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Craig, I'm glad you pulled that out. It was when yep. James told me this earlier, this, this, this long and sad story, with, tinted with, with joy of, of newfound friends and the, the spirit of the herd realized in real life. The main thing that I took out of that was, why did you do this in new shoes, Bailey? Um. I'd, I'd been wearing the shoes around the house for like um, a couple of days before going, so I thought I'd worn them in properly. But um, actually, they're just crap shoes, um, and were just pressing against the bridge of my foot. Like even now, if I, if I move my big toe, I can feel my foot creaking, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing. Probably not. And you know, I've lost lots of toenails in my life, but yeah, James, it's just. Why? Why would you do such a thing? It, it, it was foolish, and I, I just fell in love with how red they were. And the, the, the redness um, 
should have matched my um, my herd racing top, but because it was raining the whole day long, um, I had a very bright orange uh, raincoat on, so I didn't even match that. Back onto the new shoes. I mean, if only you had some kind of you know static bike that you could fit your own pedals to. You rode quite often indoors, and you could have worn your new shoes in. But um, no, sadly, as far as I'm aware, no such things exist. Um, th- these are flats. So the last time I went out on gravel with um, SPDSLs, um, I fell over three times and significantly bloodied two elbows and two knees. Um, so knowing... no, again, I mean more. You could have worn your flats on your Zwift bike uh, and worn them in a bit, but. Uh... That, that sounds if, if only you had helpful people like me and Craig around before you did these events. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> never, never try something new on game day. Yep. Never mind. I'm just I think hop for me, all, all ribbing of James Bailey and his very long, sad stories of silly decisions he's made um, aside, I think, uh, as you said, Shifty and Lee and who was it? Um, who, Chris. Chris, who hung out with you really embodied that is the no drop thursday morning afternoon evening whenever you do your team time trial spirit of the herd made real in real life and that's really cool um but we're not going to finish there because that's far too positive a note craig chris what's annoyed you about the world of swift this week so i've got two things so first i tried becca's workout that she gave me again um (laughs) so Two things. First, it turns out that one of the four sets is sufficient for me to have gotten the second best time I've ever done on Box Hill. <laughs> That's 30 seconds on with 15 seconds recovery. Um, and uh, second, I managed to do half the workout this time. And um, yeah, so I, I, Becca, you are... You are on my hit list for ever having shared this workout with me. I'm sure, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you can come up with a workout, but you don't even need to complete that you could share with her um, and then say, oh, I really enjoyed this one. You give it a go. Well, that's what she did to me. She didn't tell me <laughs> that she hadn't finished it. Anyway. But that, that, there was a reason why she hadn't finished it. There is. It's a, I, I think it's impossible if you go into it with your proper FTP set. Anyway, yeah. carrying on. Um. The thing that annoys me this week, and it's not a new thing, it's the racing experience on Zwift is not easy. It's not seamless. You have to get a Zwift Power account, then you have to opt in, then you have to connect your Zwift Power account to your Zwift account, and get a WTRL account, and so on and so forth. Um, I, I was talking to people on uh, in a different forum that Zwift, but they said, ah, I tried racing and it sucked. Um, and I said... You, Come try this. It, it it doesn't suck. Just if you don't if you don't really dig into it, the if you just click on a race on the Zwift uh, menu and don't know what category you're in or you don't know any of this, it, it does seem to suck. All these people just leave me behind. What's going on? Um, it's uh, it's a bit of a pain and. Make racing easy. Anyway, sorry, that's it. On on on, on that note, um, I, I do absolutely agree that the, the the process for connecting to Swift Power is pretty complicated. Um, 
if, if, if you're not tech savvy, finding your Zwift ID can be a monumental pain in the ass. Um, and yeah, it, it, it is a lot of work to get started. But I think what generally, um, what, what you have done, it's um, a very enjoyable, enjoyable experience after that, apart from the pain that you go through during the races. Yeah, it's, it's too much. I know Zwift likes to hang their hat on, you know, 80% or whatever the number is, are just doing solo rides or workouts. But they've made this investment in this partnership with WTRL and bringing Zwift power in-house. There's got to be smart people that can get this done and integrated pretty quickly. Um, so that, that just needs to happen. It needs to be plug and play. Yeah, and, and I do wonder if there is going to be a time in the next 12 months where they just decide to completely sack off Zwift power and get WTRL to run everything. Yeah. There's too many dotted lines. Um, have this stuff run in the background, integrate it to your profile, <clears throat> have it affect where you can join races, how you can do it. It's, there's just so many layers that can go away or become invisible. Um, I'm not a tech guy, so I don't know how to do that, but there are many, many people in this world that are smarter than me when it comes to that. And I have to believe that some of them work at Swift and are hopefully working on this exact thing right now. On that, I think the AutoCAT races, so I've done two of them so far. And actually, they seem pretty good. I think the weakness yeah. they had for me is it was both quite small fields. So I, I was actually caught out by the type of racing. So one of them I did was Richmond Reverse. A guy attacked in the first kilometer and basically stayed 30 seconds ahead for the whole of the race because there were only four of us chasing him. And we didn't really want to chase him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think the kind of, it, it is more able, you're all more able to have small breakaways. The, those kind of large pack dynamics that we're used to with the bigger races aren't happening so much in the autocats. But in terms of the evenness of the racing, it was really good, actually. And that, that, that excites me. So, so maybe the autocatting is something that's going to improve in the future. Uh, Chris, anything annoyed you about Zwift this week? Um, yeah, there's always, there's always something. Me. Don't say James Bailey. <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, well, it, 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 tangentially, it has to do with you. But um, yeah, as I logged in to, to do the race this morning, I was reminded of the last time the HSRL did this uh, did this route, 10 laps, uh, Dutchie Estate. And um, I, after sprint number nine, beginning the final lap, I had a internet disconnect screen went went blank no other riders on the road and ultimately it was a, a dnf for me so it was very very frustrating um very scarring to have laid out all those efforts and ultimately not score any points that weekend so this whole race today that was my memory of the last time i rode this route and just having that in the back of my mind the whole way like please don't disconnect please don't disconnect please don't disconnect and it was a reminder that Zwift is this amazing platform where we don't have to go on the road and worry about getting uh, sideswiped by cars or flat tires or riding in the rain or running out of nutrition or having to find a bathroom on the road, but there's still disconnects and uh, mechanicals, so to speak. So that's what annoyed me about Zwift. I, th I think for me, well, not necessarily something that's annoyed me about Zwift per se, um, doing the stampede on Sunday last week, um, having to like leap, hang over the front of my bike to try and reach my keyboard and my mouse, which I've moved as close to the bike as I possibly can, 
just to just to change bike, make it possible to do it in the companion app. Because that takes out the fact that the Apple TV remote is hideous. Um, doing various stretchy things whilst in the middle of a ride, um, it, it must be possible for, like Chris said, um, clever people at Zwift to make it possible for you to do that in the companion app. Doing various stretchy things whilst in the middle of the ride, obviously the title of your sex tape as well, James. Um, <laughs> things that have annoyed me, I'm, I'm going to get started on these bloody wheels. Like, obviously, DT Swiss have chucked some money at Zwift, and oh look, there's a magic new nerf that's great on the game, because we've been paid some money, and I just... Oh, it's again. It's for me. It's all about barriers to entry, and I think like whilst I like the way that they reward your your effort, so you get drops. It's it, it's not like pay to play, like so many internet based games are that I can just get really cool by spending extra money. Um, I, it is like my sweat that buys me things. It is a bit impenetrable, like it's level 45 or level 42. These things are, are quite a long way away. And it gives you such an advantage. So, again, this is a thing that if we go into races, give people who have been in Zwift longer an advantage. If I turn up to Zwift as a noob on my Zwift bike, I'm going to lose to somebody by 60 seconds, um, even if I do just as well as they do. And I kind of think that's a bit unfair. Um, and yeah, race organisers can force everyone onto the same bike, but just seems a bit unfair, really, doesn't it? So yeah, that's what's annoyed me about Swift this week is is just the big differences between bikes. So Steve, I'm going to uh, jump back to something that we talked about a second ago. Um, so you you talked about the AutoCAT racing, and well. I tried one of them, and I mean it was Seaside Sprint, so it might not have been the best example but we had a nice big pack it wasn't it was roughly the same size as i'm used to for hsrl it really felt just like a bullseye on on seaside sprint um it it felt like a b category bullseye i didn't feel any difference to it whatsoever um no i mean it was fine but i i didn't think that there was any real difference to it um so that's kind of my take on it uh, i think the, the the real piece that's missing and the piece that i think everybody was hoping for when oh we're gonna try something new with categories was you know if somebody wins 17 races in a row maybe they should go to the next category i mean that's I, I think that's the piece that's missing, right? I don't know. I mean, I think there's a there's a balance here. I, I, I would you're a top end B, aren't you, Craig? You're you're near the front of the races most of the time. I would expect the race experience not to feel much different. Um I think where it where I do see promise in auto catting is the people that are in the kind of low C's, low D's, low B's. It seems like they're adding a few more categories. Um I think top MBs, you're not as prone to having flyers and, and having things in that. So I wonder if the kind of top NC races, whether it would make a difference to those riders where you would get the odd B or A turn up and just fly off the front and nobody would see them again. So kind of, yeah, I hear you on that one. I, I wonder, it, uh, and I hear you definitely on the kind of, we, we don't want sandbaggers. So those people are going to turn up and, and kind of underperform, but 
just to win every week. But but I also think kind of early stages, on top of my category, would I necessarily expect to feel a difference? Maybe not. So I was actually, I was actually expecting to be further down in the category, not right at the top. Um, and, and I guess maybe it's just luck that I ended up right at the top, and you know I'm a reasonably competitive B as it is. But the uh, like honestly, the only difference to it to me, if you're talking about that, is enforcing the category. It doesn't make any difference whether it's the A, B, C, D categories or the category one through six. Um, really, they've only added one category because they've they're taking A plus as a separate category already. So you know you're taking five categories, changing it to six. So you're narrowing it a little bit, but the biggest thing they did was enforcing category entry. So you don't have the A category rider riding in C because oh, this is just a recovery race for me. If it's a race, it's not recovery. You you just want to win. You're hitting on my favourite rant topic now, Craig, which is why Zwift needs to think more like a video game. Now, what does every video game you ever, ever played have a tutorial? Wouldn't it be cool if if when you join Zwift, it says, hey, you think about racing? Why don't you do our tutorial first? And instead of calling it the FTP test, we have a tutorial. What do I learn in this tutorial? Let's learn things like this is the category system. Let's learn things like Zwift races start really fast because we know a load of people chuckle, oh, it start really fast. I don't really like it. Let's learn things about if you ride at the front of the pack or the back of the pack, there's going to be a difference. And then just have a load of bots throw me into a 10, 15 minute free for all race where I can learn some stuff. And do you know what? Because I'm racing things, I'm probably going to try quite hard and I'm going to set my FTP at the same time. So instead of this kind of quite dull FTP test, I do a bit of a tutorial in the game. I set up and maybe that sets my category and I'm wholeheartedly with you in that we just need to enforce categories correctly. So maybe there's a neat way they could do that. But it doesn't look like Zwift want to learn from video games. They want to learn from from people who do workouts. So I'll keep being old man shouting at the wind. Do we have anything else to talk about? (laughs) We do have nothing else to talk about. On that note, I'm going to bid you good night and let Craig press stop on the recording. But good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Night. So conveniently enough, I actually can't press stop on the recording from here. I have to walk downstairs to do so.